1: Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gurnan and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. In this week's episode, I share my chat with Maraid, who talks me through her two pregnancies and two home births. So Maraid suffered with... Sickness in her, but both of her pregnancies. Thankfully, she was supported by family who were around her so she could kind of navigate that, especially her morning sickness with a toddler is not easy to manage. With her first pregnancy she was diagnosed with a hematoma, so she really had to kind of down tools and look after her body so activity levels were brought right down she had to spend a lot of time on the couch um, but thankfully at 32 weeks she was approved for her home birth. She talks me through her first home birth and um, her little girl came into the world after a short labour she talks about her first latch, which she remembers vividly as fierce. I love that. Um, and she did suffer a prolapse with her first baby, first after her first pregnancy. So I think it's a really important part of her conversation, of her, her story. She talks about prolapse. And what she mentions is it's not just prolapse of the body, it's prolapse of the mind. So it really it affects you overall. She said she could feel it all the time. She ha- she did take advice given to her by her women's health physio and thankfully it rectified itself but she has suffered prolapse again after her second baby which she also gave birth to at home um, and in comparison to her first baby's latch this his latch was very gentle and like a little lamb is what she says. It was really, really nice. She talks me through... Um, she did have mastitis. She talks me through her physical recovery after having her baby in comparison from her first to her second baby. Uh, so a really nice story with lots, lots in here as well. Um, but I think one of the main parts to take away from this is prolapse and being aware uh, that prolapse exists. Visiting our GP after our six week check and really pushing t- to be checked to be make sure that our bodies are checked we go to our women's health physio if we can afford to do so i will link a a conversation that i had with a women's health physio in the show notes for you to listen to just their perspective and why it's so important that we're aware of things such as a prolapse that is actually very common and as you will hear from this story so enjoy this episode thank you so much marie for sharing and for sharing those beautiful pictures which you can see over on the instagram page enjoy have a good week chat to you soon Murray, you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. This has been such a long time coming. I think we started speaking in September, but with sicknesses, sleepless nights, and whatnot, it was really difficult to chat. So, if you want to dive in by giving us a little introduction to you and your family, and then we'll chat about your birth stories.
2: Ah, oh, thank you. Um, well, my name is Ray McNulty, and I'm uh, my partner is John Burke. I met him social dancing there uh, four years ago. We now have two babies under the belt. Um, but um, yeah, we I've always been something open to home birth. I lived in Raglan, New Zealand for a couple of years and uh, a lot of friends had had home births and something that I'd always wanted. And then I was 30, 30 coming home and didn't meet my partner till I was what, 30, now 38, so 30, I'm 37 now, so four years ago, 33. <laughs> and uh I didn't know if I'd have the chance to have kids really I I um I'd had a few breakups and different bits in between so uh but yeah I um I when I met John then I suppose we were we were open to having kids and it's only when we were we were both kind of said that we were open that yeah I can see very quickly actually I was actually up in um in Ben Bulban in Sligo and I kind of relayed some of my fears to him around that I wouldn't be able to have a baby and um and the next day I had a, I was having massive pain. So I was actually, uh, I was sent into the hospital. I was brought into the hospital and, um, and I, they said I had a burst cyst and, uh, mm-hmm. which I never had any kind of experience before. Um, I never, I didn't know I had any cysts or anything like that, but, um, they, they mentioned that a burst cyst. And then when I was in there, so they kept me overnight and, um, checking bleeding, the abdomen, different things. And then they said your HCG is going up and that, um, you're actually pregnant, yeah. So um, I was pregnant a couple of days, yeah. Um, they were just watching the levels were rising, and they said to do pregnancy test, and yeah, it, it, I, I, it was in hospital. And I actually found out that I was pregnant. Bizarre for someone who never wanted to be in hospital and didn't have babies in hospital, but um, yeah,
1: yeah, because usually when you here. when you go into hospital, like if you have an X-ray or if you have to get something done, and they ask you you're pregnant, and you're like, like when you were younger, you're like, oh my god, I hope not. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> so like I you always totally. I always had a fear of like, my doctor or my GP telling me I was pregnant before I was yeah, you were younger they yeah. just kind of instilled that in you that yeah anyway sorry What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no so it was like the silver lining to the the birth cyst. to be honest um yeah, but yeah it's not and it's actually amazing when I was looking up the Louise Hayes stuff uh, on what sis represent and stuff in menstrual cycles and things like that they were saying that it was around the fear of of um uh, of being a mother and it was fabulous because like that totally related to me because related to me because the night before I had the conversation with John around around the around the fear of of not being able to conceive and it's like I burst that idea and and I literally burst the cyst and then I literally conceived so yeah that was quite amazing actually it was quite a nice um yeah it was a silver lining and it's you know she was so wanted but um so the pregnancy was um, tricky. Both my pregnancies have been tricky, but I seem to sail the other side of them. But um, everything was great actually till about week five weeks. It was about week week five and a half, and I, my mother was so sick in all her pregnancies, and and uh, it was about a week and a half. And I was like, oh my god, I'm sailing! Like I climbed up like Crow Patrick, and I thought I was like, you know, it loads of energy, felt great, um, and then the day of the sixth week I was so nauseous and it just and like I thought I was like what was my mom on about like you know what I mean I think I'm I'm not going to be sick in my pregnancies I won't get this gene and literally the day of the sixth week I was horrendous like just, just so just nauseated hungover puking yeah mm-hmm. um and then I suppose I predominantly got worse be week eight week nine um very sick like just yeah vomiting just the nausea was cruel um and then lasted until about week 18 um so yeah I just very much kind of laid low um I was lucky at the time it was COVID so I actually no sorry although no, I was working at that stage I was still working um during that nauseous stage um and I told my parents earlier that I was pregnant than I was because I just needed the support I was just so ill um i thought i would waited the 12th week but it was easier you know i just couldn't because i was just so slung over the couch um when i came over to school and just wishing away the days and puking in the bathroom in between yeah. when do you think were... get hyperemesis uh, uh no i just i don't think it is because I, I wasn't vomiting horrendously um but i uh i just nausea is absolutely cruel like i just i can't drink any liquids at all like um and you'd be having the odd but you'd be so thirsty so um yeah, you'd have. I had more cravings in that pregnancy than the other one. Um, definitely craving egg sandwiches and batch bread and all the different bits. But it was amazing. I was vegetarian actually, and 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 from when I, from about the sixth week on, I was just craving meat. Like I was veggie slash vegan for seven years, and uh, I was like I couldn't. So when I was so nauseous, I couldn't look at salads. Like I'd vomit if it was any bit of like I just wanted bread and butter. If you know what I mean, or cheese sandwiches. This is yeah. what I and I mean. So um. Yeah, it was quite amazing actually. And then uh I literally um uh I on the 17th week I was just craving, craving the chicken breast sandwich on the back of the Supermax truck. That's all I wanted. Been vegan and veggie for seven years. This yeah. is all I, <laughs> I was dreaming for weeks on was having a chicken breast sandwich. So I literally said, flip it. That's it. I woke, I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm gonna get in turkey. I'm just eating turkey, I'm starting. And I I I I've been eating meat since, and it's actually really green with me and even yeah, I thought I might give it up again after the birth and with the feeding journey, I'm hungrier when I'm feeding than I am when I'm pregnant. Like you're 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 uh, yeah, you're like a savage. So, um, yeah, so I'm still eating meat and it agrees. And uh, it, it's probably true because Theo loves meat. Like, so it's amazing what comes through, uh, the cravings that come through from your child, really, like uh, that when you're pregnant. So that was that journey and then I that got me up into about week 17 18 and I, then I went out in a for a day with some friends and the nausea was just stopped coming to end and I was sailing and then I came home from in and I started to bleed and that kind of I got a fright obviously because I thought I was miscarrying and then I had um a hematoma so basically from week 18 from week 17 then to week 32 I was uh I had internal bleeding, I had external bleeding first. Um, so I had to get, I'm, I'm uh recess negative, um, probably four or five times in that pregnancy. Uh, and then I, um, and then I had stopped bleeding after a couple of weeks. Like they were told me basically um, to lay low, not to exercise as much, you know, at all. I'd from sex. Um, all them kind of things that they checked me. I suppose I was in the hospital quite a lot with checks. Um, and I, I kind of had, some experiences where I was a bit upset where they would have checked me and I was bleeding and I knew I didn't want to, you know, but they said they, you know, um, they just wanted to see what, what it was, what stage was at. And then I was bleeding afterwards and I was quite upset about that because I just, I didn't want to miscarry, but everything, the scans were fine. There was obviously a a sizable bleed inside in the womb, but it, it wasn't, um, the baby was still fine and didn't seem to be affected by it. So they always give you the worst case scenario that um, you need steroids and you need to have the baby early and that you won't obviously be in a home birth situation. So I kind of, I was still hopeful of, a well, I needed the intern, the bleeding to stop. So the, the bleeding kind of paused around 28 weeks and then, and then it was, um it just staged and it just kind of absorbed itself um, as best as possible. So yeah, week 32, I got back on the home birth scheme um which was amazing that was like an absolute delight and there was no sickness so for the last eight weeks I could say I thoroughly enjoyed my pregnancy um and yeah and then uh and I too I like I'd uh obviously my two homemade wives lives um were incredible and uh, one us lives down the road more and more from where I'm from and uh she was amazing throughout the whole process like she stayed with me the whole journey e- uh even though I was uh for ten weeks, I was obviously under the care of the consultant, and she didn't think well. You know, they weren't that hopeful that I was going to have a home birth. Um, if I didn't think they thought I was going to be induced early. Um, so yeah, no, and, and um, I suppose the labour. How did I uh, think now? So the labour starts... So just, just sorry, just want to ask you a question. How did your family
1: feel about the, your decision to have a home birth?
2: Uh it's funny. My mom would always say. Uh, that I didn't that I don't have a pain threshold. And I'd agree with her in that point. Like it's only in terms of a my leg, I wouldn't be uh I'd probably be whimpering the vision, poor me, more more so than her. But um, but she was like, Oh, wait till you get to the, you know, wait, wait till you go into labor, you'll be calling for the epidural, you'll be in the ambulance. So um, was it supported? Uh not really, but at the same time, they knew I'm quite stubborn in my ways and my will and I'm going to do what I, you know, what I choose. And my partner was very supportive of it. Yes. But uh, mom and dad probably thought I would be getting an ambulance in at some stage so that I wouldn't be able to deal with the pain. <laughs> um, but on the second time round, obviously they knew I'd been there and they were very much aware and sure that yeah. I had the baby at home. Yeah. So that didn't even, it, it even occur in the second time round. Um, But. Uh, Throughout
1: your pregnancy, you probably couldn't do anything um, really physically. For the majority of her second trimester. So how did you or what did you do to help yourself prepare for uh, labor and birth?
2: Um, actually, I meant to say that I saw so I was uh, because I was bleeding. I chose not to go back to school. Um, so actually, it, partly when I was uh, nauseous, I had two months of my summer holidays. I'm a primary school teacher. Um, so that helped a lot. And then that I wasn't actually physically teaching for them two months that were cruel as well. And then um, I went, I started bleeding, obviously, that was when I was supposed to go back to work in September. So then I was actually off. I uh, My consultant in hospital signed me off not to go into school. So I was off for the rest of my pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so the most actually the hardest part of the pregnancy was the bleeding. I wouldn't say... Um, mentally okay physically was the the sickness but mentally and uh, the fear of losing the baby was very hard but I also found very challenging I'd be very I'd be quite active so I didn't mind in my sickness stage that I couldn't move off the couch because I just literally couldn't eat couldn't you know I, I just I, I couldn't do anything but lie there uh, and I knew it would come to an end but when I had the bleeding then I suppose I felt I was being robbed like it felt like I was going to be doing the 32 40 <laughs> weeks of a of pregnancy um not in any way physical at all um I suppose I'm very active in general so I knew I had good muscle you know tone to you know I, I wouldn't you know I, I knew I'd be fine but at the same time for my head I love to get out and the fear of bleeding every time I got up and I, yeah. you know moved around the house or hoover or you know went for a gentle walk around even the house or the garden like you know what I mean I just had this you know I was trying to keep my legs up it's horrible, actually. Um, and I, what I did do, and I just, and I, cause I love to swim is my thing. Um, I did go to the pool and I used to do this gentle breaststroke and i or float on my back and gently kick my legs. And I felt like that the weight bearing exercises would be, would be fine. You know what I mean? That the pool would, would hold center of gravity. I just felt, I just in myself, I just felt, um, that the pool would be safe. And it was, I didn't exert myself anyway, but I just, it was just lovely to relax and just do a little bit of movement in the water. Yeah. So a little bit of yoga and things like that, too. But I did very, very little in my pregnancy, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah very, very little in the first pregnancy. So do you want to talk but, um, through, yeah your first signs of labor? Yeah. So the baby. So at nine. So I was seven days over. I'm sorry, six days over. Um, and I went for a walk in the park that, um, and i was six days over. And I decided to go for actually uh, acupuncture and that was amazing. I went for acupuncture at 10 o'clock in the morning. And by three o'clock that day, I had, a, uh, I could see pink discharge um, and a bit of a show. Um, and then my first contraction was around quarter past nine that night. Um, and they, I I put the TENS machine on and they were coming fairly quick, actually. That, you know, um, so we rang the midwife probably after half an hour um, because, yeah, I felt that they, that they were coming within a few minutes from when they started they were nearly every 3 minutes or so okay. or maybe 5 minutes and then come well, every 5 minutes yeah so they were definitely um the contractions came on strong initially from the from the start so the pool couldn't be filled fast enough my partner had a birth pool um uh to fill and i suppose <laughs> first time filling well no we we did a practice run before but yeah i suppose um I couldn't wait to get into the bath because I just, I knew, well, I just wanted the heat. I felt like the heat was going to kill the pain. Well, pain is the wrong word, but just to give me a break, I just, I couldn't wait to get into that water. So the bath finally filled and I got into it um, and that helped immensely. So the TENS machine I used up until then, um, and that was up until around, um, so from nine, from quarter past nine to quarter past 11, probably with with the TENS machine. Then I went into the pool and um, obviously took off the sensor machine. And that was amazing. Yeah. So the baby then was born. Fia was born at three o'clock. But I was in the pool for about an hour and a half um, pushing. Um, and looking back on it now, I I, um, I would have got out of the birth pool sooner. Um, and I would say she would have been delivered because it was actually my second midwife who arrived and suggested then that maybe I should step out of the birth pool and just to get a break. Actually, I think it was my first midwife who suggested it. And uh, the second I stood out, I was like, oh, my goodness, the baby's coming. And I literally had the baby on the floor within. uh, Actually, she was born in the back toilet within, I'd say, 30, uh, one minute of stepping out of the pool. The baby was born. So I think it was just the heat uh, was too much. I just couldn't push the baby out in the pool. Yeah. Um, but I was there, I was fully dilated and everything. I just couldn't, I couldn't push in the pool. But I was just, I'd say I was so hot as well. Like they were putting cold clots on my head, which are amazing. And also pouring cold water down my back, which was just fabulous. But the heat was amazing. Um, of the water was amazing for, yeah, for the contractions, yeah. So that was quite quick. Yes, yeah, so it was quick. So yeah, so for my first birth, yeah. So quarter past nine from the first pain, or for, yeah, from the first contraction to three o'clock she yeah. was born. And I'd say... Would have been born probably an hour earlier if I um if I if I if I didn't stay in the pool I'd say yeah but at the time I didn't know but it was just yeah the pool was phenomenal in terms of yeah for pressure and for everything and um I, I was I vomited a few times in the pool but it wasn't it wasn't bad um like wasn't much and yeah it was an amazing birth my partner was such a great support um and such a great yeah you know this <laughs> Photos, my my second midwife took some gorgeous photos of of the natural ones of you. Yeah, the pool and yeah, slung over, you know, (laughs) the odd bit of sickness and him catching it and just reassuring (laughs) me and dabbing cold water my back. You know, it was lovely. It was a really, really lovely experience. Yeah.
1: What position did you give birth to her in?
2: Uh, oh sorry so when I came out of the water I straight away went on to I she's like come down to the out had a back toilet like a tiny bathroom and she's like maybe you want to go to the bathroom and the second I was, as I was walking I was like oh my goodness the baby's coming and I went down on all fours in the back in the, in the utility like she was born in the smallest room in the house like it's literally it's tiny it's like two by one and there was myself and John and the midwife in there and the other midwife trying to take photos and uh it was amazing like yeah was, it was squashed like I couldn't have picked a smaller <laughs> space but the baby was just coming I just went down into all fours yeah my second my son was born the same way it was amazing that I just straight away onto all fours yeah and in the pool I think actually that was probably another big part I was lying on my back a lot okay. um I was, I kept r- r- rotating between you know um all fours and lying on my back and kind of uh bearing down but no it wasn't baby was not coming in in the, in the water no very relaxed but not going to happen there yeah so did she come up through your arms and onto your chest yeah yeah so she just yeah she told me to catch her she said I put your hands down and catch her so yeah I caught for you and uh yeah it was just amazing just bringing it right up we didn't know what we were having and it was a girl and yeah it was just um the best experience of my life I was so um elated from the birth yeah but everything about it and uh she was amazing like i've never she latched on then within i just walked over to the couch The sent obviously hadn't come for anything yet and uh and lay in and like i'll never forget the experience of the first latch because she is and to this day she is such uh like uh, a ferocious energy for life like defy <laughs> was a good name for her like she's very active but very uh wild in her way but like her appetite her ev- for everything like but like she, you know she'd eat everything around her but like the first latch I've never felt anything so strong like pulling for oh, yeah to this day she's the same yeah <laughs> but um yeah it's a great like it was amazing yeah um and then the midwife, uh my placenta came they gave me actually uh the, I took the homeopathy um I can't remember the exact homeopathy I took for the placenta to come, but it didn't come. And then, well, but that was even half an hour. So they just said, do you want me to give the injection to make it come? And, and they did. And it came within five minutes, whatever, um, because I suppose they were concerned as well that I had bleeding. I still had an internal bleed that was clotted yeah, from right. before from hematoma. I suppose they were just aware that they didn't want to have any bleeding issues. So um, the placenta came. Yeah. Anyway, there was no problem. It was all intact. And that was the main, um, the main thing. And, uh, yeah, I did need stitches after her. I had, uh, I had a good fuse. Um, so when I came, I had a second degree tear. Um, she just came very fast in the end. And, uh, and my midwife told me that the shoulder probably just came out that little bit quick or whatever, and just, and tore. And I got, I was torn, but, um, and especially because it's your first as well. Um, possibly things were, you know, um, tighter there, but um, yeah, so I got, so I took actually, my midwife gave me some gas and air for the stitches, which was fabulous, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am delighted I didn't take it for the birth, um, because I did, I was high as a kite of it, like, and yeah, the stitches were great. Like it, it did, I was very, very sore for a few days, I'd say a couple of weeks, to be honest with you. Um, I used, um, lots of sit baths, but I'm so delighted. Like I didn't, nothing got infected. Um, I was bathing the Epson baths quite a lot, but it was just very sore to sit down. I just couldn't sit down like um um looking back then for the second birth I had all these donuts and different things ready because I was just I, I just had the fear of yeah, of the pain of sitting down um after this the after the first. But you know, it all healed in, in time as well. So um it's all relative to the the time. But yeah, yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, and she was great from from day one. She was a great eater, she was a great sleeper. Feel was a great child.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It does, it does take um, a little bit of getting used to, I suppose, when you have the stitches, it is a a huge adjustment for those first few days. You don't realize the discomfort it can cause.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, um, now my other thing then that I suppose it came after the hardest, the, the other hard part, I suppose, of the birth was the, I so I felt amazed. And after the bar, once the stitches kind of healed, it felt great. And about three weeks later, um, my sister was home from Oz and for the christening. And she said, go, um, we went out for a night of dancing because social dancing was one of where we met. And that was our thing. And um, we went out social dancing, jiving. And I woke up the next morning and I knew I'd prolapsed. Um, and that was, okay. that, that was hard um, because I didn't know what, it, well, I knew what it was. And I was so annoyed at myself for having gone there um and it's only you find out all these things afterwards you know um I'm kind of fair skinned fair hair are uh, fair you know in general and when you're breastfeeding your you know stats are they say that you're more prone to prolapse especially if you're quite active as well so all these things I probably didn't know about or taken to consider well I didn't actually know about them um would it have stopped me going dancing then I probably not but maybe I wouldn't have I've danced the way I did not to say we did much but we did one fast jive and that was literally with the damage yeah but it was came with it but um but it's okay I had um I did um I was under the care care of physios and different things and uh got all these different kind of uh kegel eight toners and all this kind of stuff trying to I suppose I was quite upset with it just because I was hoping I didn't know if it would go back and my physio couldn't guarantee that my bladder would return and it was uh it was more to it was right to the edge I suppose of the vagina so I could feel it all the time. I just didn't you know, I'd be fine. I didn't care about it visually. It was more that I could feel it all the time. Every time
1: feel it, yeah. Absolutely. Every time I move around
2: and walk, I could feel it. So um that was that's what I wanted to get rid of. And I'd asked about all kind of um supports and things like that, but they weren't they knew that if we weren't we were open to having more kids, um, that they wouldn't do any kind of surgery or recommend anything uh if you were going to have another child. So um so yeah, well so I suppose at about 9 months I kind of was open to the idea that we'd have another child and I was also open to the idea that I really wanted um to see if my bla- if my bladder prolapse would go back. Um and the my physio had told me that most people would see the biggest improvement when they stop breastfeeding. So um Okay. Was the prime, I suppose I was a bit upset about it, um, stopping the feeding, but I kind of knew we wanted to try again, and and also that, um, I really wanted to see if the prolapse would go back before you know if I conceived again or just to see how it would be. So I did actually, I um, we I stopped feeding when in a month my period came back and the prolapse went back and I couldn't feel it anymore, and then I had. Wow. Yeah, so it, it it went back fully, and I was just the biggest thing is that I I just didn't have any symptoms. I'm sure it's it's never going to be the same as pre baby, but uh, I didn't have any more symptoms, which is I was delighted about because that's what would drag you back. And that's all. That's all hormonal, is it? Uh, the I I So yeah, it's a connected. Yeah, yeah, a huge part of it would be hormonal, but uh, absolutely, yeah. So I think it takes a long time for the hormones to leave your body too um when you're feeding or a longer time but um yeah it just took um it it went back itself which I was delighted to have no symptoms on so I suppose I have prolapsed again on this baby but I um
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
2: i'm confident that it'll go back i'm hoping again to go back but i haven't been as ever, mm. um, regiment and do my um exercise as i was the first time round with the first but um at the same time i'm a bit more mindful of lifting yeah of car seats and things like that i still do it but i suppose i try and yeah i'm just aware i suppose a little bit more of what yeah of what to do but um yeah so that was our journey there and then um number two (laughs) and so yeah so basically we were open to that and then um we were open to trying again and literally fell pregnant yeah straight away again after after stopping feeding um with with, um my little man and uh yeah that was amazing i think uh I found out I did a test myself around Christmas time and um, I really thought I was pregnant oh yeah I meant to say that in both my pregnancies I dreamt I dreamt like a week after conceiving that I was that I had a baby like and and um, for her I dreamt that I had a boy called Martin. but for her I dreamt that I had a boy again and uh, for him I had dreamt within a week of conceiving that I had a boy but anyway I around it was two days after Christmas and I did it I didn't decide to do the Christmas swim, which I always do, because I just had this feeling that I could be pregnant and I didn't want to dip in dipping into sea Just, you know, just not I didn't feel I didn't feel right. So I just didn't do it. Yeah, I just felt it uh, because I I suffer from the cold, like I don't really like <laughs> freezing temperatures. But um and then I did a test two days later and I was negative and I was really surprised because I had the dream as well that I had a boy, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. But and anyway, then about I, I waited for about two weeks and I did a test again and then it was positive. So yeah, it was um Mm-hmm. It was uh, amazing. Yeah, it was a great feeling. Yeah, and delighted. Did you feel anxious that you could possibly feel
1: as nauseous as you did, but this time with a toddler? Until uh, well, not even a toddler yet. At
2: the time, I was just so delighted, actually, to be pregnant again. I knew what was ahead in terms of the sickness. I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was there, but at the same time, I knew I'd get over it. Um, and if I could just avoid, you know, I was probably more researching that I wouldn't have another hematoma again um because the bleeding the anxiety around losing the baby at least I knew I could get through the sickness just you know it would be over but I I just um the hemat you know the bleeding the anxiety around losing the baby was was wasn't nice you know anxiety wise it wasn't nice yeah yeah you're you know um you're always afraid if you moved around too much that you could miscarry and then you you, I wouldn't forgive myself if I did you know if that was the cause no you don't know so um I knew what I did would know when I was pregnant that I had three weeks to live it up before the nausea was going to kick in from yeah. so Christmas time. So it was lovely. Like, cause I just, yeah, it was nice to enjoy all the good food and all the good company. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, week five, the, it was week five when the um, sickness kicked in and full trolley. And I actually, um, was so nauseous. I'd said with the busy toddler, uh, that I, uh, now my mom was a great support. We told mom, Within weeks, five weeks, because I was so sick. Uh, and just well, just felt horrendous. And uh Fia was busy. Um so yeah, we um they were delighted, of course. Mom's ever delighted again, but uh um I ended up just like taking uh what's that antinausea drug? Uh down here. Um uh, caravan, yeah. Week eleven oh, week yeah, eleven yeah. I decided to go to pharmacy um to, to, to take caravan because I just felt horrendous and then I took it for eight days and I fainted and then in the shower and then I just I could yeah, I just felt horrendous that it wasn't working. So I'd stopped caravan because it didn't wasn't really doing nothing for me. Um I felt I was too drowsy on it and I just yeah, I didn't feel great taking a drug anyway when I was pregnant. Um but at the same time it just, the nausea was cruel and I just I just didn't have the energy for the toddler as well. So I just didn't know how I was going to do it both, but um so i stopped that and by a week probably the nausea stopped baby better by week 15 it's getting better it's slightly better week 16 the nausea stopped so i knew as well it was in sight but it was week 17 18 so i knew yeah i was delighted to kind of stopped a week or two earlier yeah this time around um and then i had a great pregnancy for the rest of it yeah fantastic and covid hit and i was pregnant so i had to i was out of work i they I was a teacher so they sent me out of the classroom so I was just doing home duties uh, a little bit of work from home which was absolutely fabulous so like I was predominantly off for two of my pregnancies um for nearly two years now I've had nearly two years off work paid which has just been phenomenal yeah just the way it worked out you know I, I was dealing with of stuff obviously at the time but it was just great not to have to be working as well I couldn't have done it to be honest with you
1: yeah so how did you feel then throughout your your second trimester
2: uh fabulous yeah really really good loads of energy um sleeping well sleeping amazing like oh even all the way up to the very end I was sleeping like a lord yeah um and uh yeah I really really enjoyed my second trimester um let's say one thing oh yeah in week 17 I went to the dentist and they told me that my tooth had deteriorated one of my teeth had deteriorated so bad um that she couldn't believe it my dentist so that I needed root canal or extraction so then on week oh yes yeah. so it was like the week before my baby was due I had absolutely cruel pain like nerve pain that I was drinking whiskey and holding it in my mouth and uh the pain was horrendous that I was going to drive into A&E and get a tooth pulled it was just so bad I, with the nerves so I got an emergency appointment with my dentist I Emily mean, this is COVID so they weren't taking anybody for it was at a weekend it happened anyway she took me in for an emergency appointment at eight o'clock in the morning, and. Uh, and she checked the tooth, but it needed, obviously, to be extracted and deteriorated so bad. So, um, yeah, there's a myth, an old myth that says that you lose a tooth per pregnancy and uh, per baby. But, yeah, my she was shocked how, how much my tooth deteriorated. But I'd say my calcium levels were quite low um, because I don't drink milk um it doesn't agree with me so i just say i didn't have enough you know i was i was taking supplements then but i in my early years i probably didn't take enough calcium in my yeah. diet and my because i'd fed as well the pregnancy and the feeding journey and another pregnancy on top of it pretty soon um that'd be one thing i would say to women is just to make sure that you're yeah you have enough calcium and iron um to yeah to withhold the journey of of mother and yeah, yeah or, of pregnancy.
1: Yeah. So you opted um, to have another home birth.
2: Yes. Uh, fabulous experience. and I'm so delighted. Um, I uh, I actually, when I, I told my partner, John, and I literally rang my midwife um, straight away because I knew it's really hard to get onto the home birth scheme yeah. with HSE uh, because I was. she had taken me before. Um, she had agreed to take me again. She'd already said no, I think to, to many other women who'd rang in because it was just such a... Uh, a demand for home birth when COVID hit um because people wanted their partners there and that wasn't always an opportunity in the hospital so or there was a fear on that in the hospital. So um yeah we were delighted to get back onto the scene again and more so for my for that midwife to for more and more to birth both my babies. Yeah, yeah which is fabulous. Yeah. So um so yeah that was that. Do you want to talk me through or your first me? line of labor? Um yeah so I had we oh, you meant to say it. so weeks 27 actually I had a sciatic nerve from this year it's written down here before Um, so I did go back to my physio again and get on the scheme which was good because I um, and she gave me and that was amazing I had 8 weeks of a really bad sciatic nerve which I never had back pain in my life or any nerve pain Um, which was you know well I had the tooth but I never had um, back pain so I didn't really know what it was at the time but anyway the physio was very, uh, very much helpful and that's, I had 8 weeks of that and then it just uh. uh it, it, it fixed itself. I actually went to, I tried everything from osteo cranio, reflexology. Um, but I would say the, um, craniosacral was the most profound, uh, healing for that. And, uh, within, within an hour or two of the session I could walk out. Like I was completely limping. Like I could only swim, uh, gently. I couldn't walk like it was very hard to hold. I couldn't hold fear. I think just the pain I was totally, uh, lopsided uh, walking with it but um the cranial sacral was phenomenal and just healed it just aligned it back in and I had no pain in that since then yeah oh, cool. yeah, right. yeah first signs of labor so I was so overdue this time around so I was actually podium technically came into the world 16 days over um but I knew we had conceived later in my cycle so I had told the hospital that my baby was a week uh I conceived a week or uh, I conceived, or conceived a week later. So their system, I was only nine days over, but I knew for my period I was actually sixteen days okay. over. But um, I felt fine because I knew I just gave myself the time. I just had a feeling, I suppose that um, that I wanted to give myself a window of uh, because I was over with fee. I wanted to give myself a window, and I knew I conceived late, so I just pushed my dates out with the hospital so that to make sure that I get the home birth even though it, there, there is a bit of fear on that because then if I did go early two weeks, um, if I went more than two weeks early, I wouldn't get the homework system and have to go into hospital. So there was a little bit of a catch there, whether should I do it or not, but yeah, sitting with my gut, I was like, no, I'm pushing out my dates. I felt right. Yeah. Um, so first signs of labor, I felt, you know, looking back at it now, I'd say I was so, I felt for so many nights. Um, uh, my partner works nights, he was working nights at the time and, uh, I was trying to, I felt like I was walk, walking up and down the stairs on the, on the bounce ball, like for a week. I thought the baby would come a week earlier, like to the point where I, and he didn't, he he had time, he'd taken a few days off thinking the baby had come and then he'd on and lose up obviously. And so um, he, I told him to go back to work. I said, I don't know, Just I don't know when the baby's coming. I'd given up hope to some extent about when the baby was going to come. And on the 16th, on the 15th night, he went to work and I, I had cried and everything about him, the fact that he might be here, might be here first, and because he worked 40 minutes away. And and I kind of let go of that. But it was actually it was amazing. It's funny, like my midwife was also trying to juggle her shifts in the hospital with being there for my birth, and my partner was also aware um that he was on work nights for that weekend, and then he was off. So Pauly was actually born the day that both midwife and my partner were not working. That there was no going to be juggling of someone having to cover if I went into labour. Because like I, I deep down know like Paddy probably would have born a week earlier. Only that I couldn't fully relax, yes. or potty inside wasn't relaxed, knowing that one of them mightn't make it in time, or one of them, you know, because when I literally went into birth, like probably born two hours, so. <coughs> I felt I was probably slow laboring for about a week, to be honest. Well, just at night time, I just felt all I wanted the urge to do was push like, but, And I got a sweep actually on the, um, I suppose my midwife was aware that I'd pushed out days, but she was conscious of just trying to move the baby along too. Um, she gave me a sweep on the Thursday, I think, was it? Yeah. And then, um, and she said when she went to sweep me, that she said like, I can feel the head, I'm touching the head, you're already dilated. Like, you know, but there was, but there was one centimeter, like, but she just said there's, um, she thought I was. She couldn't believe that I wasn't going to go into labor that night, and then the next night it didn't happen, and the next night it didn't happen. Like we didn't know when this baby was going to be born. But literally, John put the key in the door of my partner at course um, to seven. Uh, where is it going back? At course to seven that morning, and uh, and um, and I didn't know. And I like I was just ringing him on the phone at that, that, that second, and I was like, I didn't know was I peeing myself or or what and I was just I just was talking to me like I'm putting the key in the door I'm just home and um I just have to have my balls here but Fia I felt great like only that I thought I just wet myself or had an idea it was like is this my water breaking because Fia wasn't like that at all I had a gush with her um halfway through the contractions so I wasn't aware that my water was going to break before any contractions and then um my partner dropped my daughter up to my mom and dad who just at the top of the hill and and then came down like within what five ten minutes And uh, yeah, the the um from eight o'clock I had got my first contraction and they came then every I was like ringing midwife you know five minutes and then it was straight to three minutes and then Paddy was born within two hours oh wow of, uh, yeah. yeah um that it was amazing too I was just I'm so sure I was gonna have him at night and then like to have him in the morning and like yeah um Pauly actually means as well coming into the light which is interesting because yeah he was born in the day you know in the morning it was bright outside and you know it was funny my dad was having all these things that you know you know the curtains are up my blinds are up people are going to see you know <laughs> that you're in labor and I was like I don't think gonna be on my mind now I don't really care about what the day no are. you don't because my my
1: blinds were open as well and I remember my midwife being like pull the blinds I was like I actually like the daylight coming in
2: I really enjoyed the daylight yeah, yeah. I'm not in the zone I was like I, I'm sure they're going to be more uh I think they want to be looking be inspired off with them but uh, <laughs> No, it's funny, like, it's amazing what people want to, like, the natural process that people want to hide out, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Right, no, yeah, so, um, I, uh, very, very quick labour, my partner filled the pool in, like, speed time, and then, God help him, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, like, Several times asked if I want to win and no way I couldn't look at the pool it was it was just it was I was roasting hot in this pregnancy I was sorry in this birth the, the two of them I was too but I just I knew I just couldn't get into the pool it wasn't going to fit this time around I was just too hot so I just stood at the kitchen counter I literally two hours when he was born it used a tens machine and then the second push she was out yeah yeah it was a very fast labour both my midwives were here and it was the most I don't know it was, just, it was lovely like my, my second midwife got a video this time around my first midwife did photos for me which were phenomenal and my second birthday I got a video and it was just anytime I need just a bit of a lift yeah. or just confidence boost it's the best thing ever to look and see what you've done like it's just phenomenal yeah very um, empowering to say the least and uh, yeah he came in like he's so different to her he's like a lamb and she's like a lion yeah um yeah, and he like and he latched on and he was like this gentle lamb latching on and like as I said, she was like a lion devouring. <laughs> <laughs> and the two personality wise probably pretty much up like yeah. And how did you feel then? Did I you know. have any did you tear after your son? No, I was so lucky I had no tear um I had needed sorry I needed one stitch which was nothing it dissolved I didn't need I felt phenomenal like after the birth within a day like it didn't even heat like there was was a real I was really sore i really bruised on the first birth um from the stitches like and or from the the tear but um and it tore really jagged into my cheek of my bum like um, so it wasn't a straight tear like which was harder to stitch but no first time round second time round no tear that's a one tiny stitch um, now one thing i did do i got they gave me the injection to give me a, the stitch i highly wouldn't recommend that if i had the choice again i would have taken nothing or the gas and air oh it's just very very painful and she just said it's so cold or something i don't know whatever anyway i i just i would never opt for the needle again yeah. take gas and air i yeah, I was even though I was out of it, she was like, Take that, take it out of your mouth, mate. You're going to, you know, <laughs> going to flop out. You know, it I enjoy it. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like happily, uh yeah, it would definitely do the gas and air. But I can see why in terms of, well, either way, your baby's probably going to get some something of whether it's the gas and air or whether they're going to get something of the of that injection into their system. I don't know. Maybe the injection is less uh um, I don't know, would less cross over into the milk or yeah. whatever. I don't know, but anyway. And did
1: you have after pains um, on either baby?
2: No, after pa- oh, sorry, with feeding, yes. First time round, we're quite, I wasn't aware. Well, no, she did tell me I was going to have them, but I was surprised how, um, when I was feeding, I was like, oh, the uterus contractions were sore, like, um, like very much like very strong period pain, which is amazing. Actually, I've always had really bad period pain for about 10, f- probably 15 years. I think since I've been sexually active, actually, I've had very bad period pain. Looking back on the birth cyst, maybe it's because I have cysts in there. I don't know yeah. about but, um But the second I had my babies, well, I did have one period after. I, I, I had no, I was delighted. I had no I had no period pain on that, uh, on my first period back at all, oh, no. which was surprising. No. I've only had a period in a few years, but it'd be to see what happens when it does come back. It'd be lovely to not have period pain. Did, it, did the kids heal that for me? I don't know. Or did the pregnancy journeys do that for me? Or maybe it was assist that time. I don't yeah. know. And are you still feeding breastfeeding um, now? Yeah. So feeding now. Journey's going well. I have had two. It's amazing. You think you have breastfeeding down because she was a dream, and yeah, I did. I had one bout of mastitis actually with her. Uh or or no, sorry, black ducks wasn't mastitis, but it was pretty bad. It was I'd say it was going that way. But anyway, um, I I was fine. I didn't take anything. I got through it. Um, but I had like two sets, three sets of mastitis nearly on two sets of mastitis in six weeks with him that I was like horrendous. And I was like up in the back every couple of hours, um, continuously trying to hand express with the pain of it. Like it was horrendous. You're just expressing yellow clotted, like really sore, um, because he couldn't suck it obviously it was just um it was so painful to be honest with you but I was so happy with myself I just dosed on high vitamin c and loads of garlic and I healed it myself and I was actually as more, like super proud of the birth but I was actually really proud of myself that I could heal mastitis with without taking medication without taking an antibiotic um which I didn't want to do uh for the rest of the journey so um I was kind of very proud of myself at that moment yeah but I was very painful the mastitis is cool, and it's just yeah, and, and deep and back and like it was both times it was down to bad bra wearing this sounds so stupid that I do the same thing twice but like I wore uh, I don't know was in a rush or whenever I threw out a sports bra but obviously it was no it was a real loose sports bra but when I was feeding I'd lift it up and I'd leave it I'd leave it on yes, above my yeah, line, yeah. and it was blocking the duck coming down and I just thought the second time around it was a looser bra and I said it's grand it's only one feed or whatever and I was feeding him and I obviously did the same and and it just it blocked the ducts and I just couldn't and the release of it was just I was like trying to pierce with needles and everything like it was just yeah but I healed it myself I was delighted and now I just know you know I did do about four weeks of no bra wearing then because I just felt like that's what was needed and um now it's fine yeah I haven't had anything since. thank god so it's going the feeding journey's going well but he he would feed he would never so boys and girls are so different or maybe maybe just my two are but um yeah, she was very, uh, very like solid feeder for, you know, she'd feed and then stop every four hours she'd feed and that she'd just fall off to sleep and gone. Like he, you'd have to break the latch continuously. He would suck forever. He would stay on forever. doesn't fall asleep on the boob. He just stays. He's just happy, suck gently forever. You have to break the latch all the time. Like, yeah, he's the right little lamb, but um yeah, probably getting spoiled too, but lovely. Yeah, he's great. They're just yeah, they're super different. But the journey's going lovely. I do like feeding them, and um, and I'm in no rush. I'm supposed to stop this journey, but I am going back to work. Um, so I'm going to take breastfeeding leave. Uh, for for that, for I'll be home at two o'clock. Um, for the first couple of months, so that's great. Yeah, we'll go from there. I'll be into summer, how and then. So, oh yeah, perfect. In yeah. So. yeah, perfect. Yeah,
1: great. Thank you so much for sharing. There's loads in there. Actually, that's, that's, you're the first person I've spoken to about prolapse.
2: So that'd be that'd be interesting. Oh wow! To wow. yeah, cool. Because actually, it was my midwife um, as well had mentioned that she said there's not enough done in them pre meetings. Um, you know the the pre pre birth um, antenatal courses, you know, the birthing meet at the, the yeah, yeah, the antenatal classes. They don't. They need to suggest this because she said. Ray, she just said i have another young girl who's just after prolapsing like yourself on her first baby and then another one of my friends who's fair skinned fair hairs after prolapsing on hers and they don't like it's not actually um and and my second midwife had mentioned she's someone else so there's lots of young people prolapsing um and there's not enough in them antinope or in them in the, in that all they just need to do is suggest that you know um you know they do say to go easy after birth but they don't they don't mention any of these things that can happen and definitely if you're fair skinned fair hair and you're feeding that you should really be conscious of resuming to exercise you know um and my biggest thing would be going forward was that yeah, always absolutely. go and get a check done uh yes i'd like the best thing to do is to go get a check before you decide to resume exercise that's you know more than lifting your child go and check to see have you any stage one prolapse because I I probably did have a stage one prolapse there which I wasn't aware of and then I went dancing and I, I had a stage three so um, I have a prolapse now still and what is amazing actually um, because again you can get all these silicon devices put in and I'm kind of hopeful that it'll go back when I stop feeding anyway but I'm, I'm, in, I'm in no rush but at the same time I can feel it and more at the moment because he's starting to get heavy and I'm carrying him around a bit and you know she's busy toddler as well but um i what's amazing uh, i ordered these um uh, sea sponges from australia so they use these in the, my my mid my physio had told me about them she couldn't physically write it down to uh, as a prescription to go get them but she said i've heard there's a lot of good research coming from them so she just said check them out but anyway i ordered these sea sponges from an australian company and, uh, and I use them any day, anytime I'm lifting them in the sling, or if it's just later in the day and, or if I'm going dancing or doing something physical exertive, exertive that I just don't yeah. want to further do damage. So this was the best life saver for me. So yes, yeah, it's just a sea sponge that you put up, um, like a tampon and it just, um, it gives you support that you don't feel the symptoms of prolapse. And it's so fabulous. Like some days I feel it straight away in the morning and now you'd only keep it in for six hours at a time, but you just like, I, I literally pop it into It's like a tiny sponge like and I just you can dip it in, leave it in uh, in some warm water and uh, a spoon of bicarb, take it out and just leave it dry. And uh, it's just um, it's just it's great. And I've never had, you know, my biggest fear with all these silicon devices is that there's all these old midwives tales where people's wounds grew around them and they were left in. But all this kind of stuff. But I don't really like the idea of anything permanent in there anyway, because I feel like your body's going to out if it's not natural, whether this is just a sea sponge, which is a natural, natural product anyway. Um, and, uh, and I've had no, I was afraid of infection. People who do put these silicone vices, my my physio was saying that the biggest risk is that you'd have to, um, that you get infection and you'd have to take antibiotics. And I don't want to really take antibiotics. If I can avoid antibiotics yeah. on my pregnancy journey, I would. Um, so yeah, I've had no issue with this. And it's actually, if anyone has suffered from prolapse, or and they're young and they just want to be able to move around and just improve their mood because it prolapse, it's not, I know it's a physical prolapse, but you actually mentally it's a mental prolapse, it's everything. Like you're just um it's quite uh upsetting when it happens. It's not like a broken arm or something, it's just it you feel it every everywhere. Like um, so yeah, these sea sponges are great. I'd highly recommend um looking them up. See uh C Pearl, I think is the name of the company or something. Pearl, C Pearl, yeah. Um but um, yeah, I find them great. Just to, as I said, to feel normal and and to be do a bit of exercise and know that you're not that you hopefully don't do damage. Yeah,
1: I think we need to. You know that our six week checkup. Um, we need to be going to see not just our GPs but the the women's health physios. They're the real deal. But They're the re- people we need to go see.
2: They uh, and like I was so surprised with GPs saying, "Oh yeah, you're sure you're grand? Do you want to get a check? want I me mean, look your stitches and but yeah. very little." you know um it's uh, of course it's about the baby but there's a like the, the mother's health is is primarily related to the baby's health and yeah. you know i just like you should definitely be checked internally you know or you know if you're comfortable to check where if you've any state assigned the prolapse 100 percent uh after uh, on a six-week check and and asked about you know the comfortable you know resuming exercise or sex or all this kind of stuff needs to be talked about yeah great thank you so much Thank you so much, Cora. Lovely to meet you. Thank you
1: for this season. uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As I mentioned earlier, there's some really beautiful pictures over on my Instagram page, which I will tag in the show notes. If you would like to share your story, as always, you are more than welcome to. There is a waiting list until March 2023, which is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But if you would like to share your story, just pop on to the website irelandsbirthstores.e which I have tagged in the show notes um, and click the share your story tab and I'll get back to you as soon as I can thanks have a good week